Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is a podcast from The Bugle. There's a good chance you're already familiar with sleep regression. The phenomenon which causes babies who were previously sleeping well to wake at frequent and unscheduled intervals is relatively common. Some parents can suffer serious physical and mental health impacts during the sleep regression, but that's probably because this is The Gargle. Welcome to The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to The Bugle's audio newspaper for visual world. All of the news, none of the politics. I am your host, Alice Fraser. Your guest editors for this week are Josh Gondelman and Eleanor Morton. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Hello. Can you tell what what was what was inspiring me this week? <laughs> no, I feel like you did a real a nice job camouflaging kind of the personal inspiration. <laughs> no, but I I think I've got that. Oh, you do sleep regression. I think I am. I think my parents have said that I do that. Actually, it's probably because you've got a, you're having a developmental leap. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, you're gonna Ooh. acquire new skills. Wait, because my dog has started doing that. Maybe she's gonna talk soon. <laughs> <laughs> At the time of recording, though, when this comes out, it will not be the time of recording anymore. That's how time works. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Yom Kippur. So I just want to say for all of our uh, listeners who, who do Yom Kippur, I hope you're atoning enough. If you'd like to maximize your atonement, or you've probably missed atoning for this year, uh, we, can, we can talk about it, how to atone up for next year. <laughs> <laughs> Before we put our hands on each other's shoulders and enter the slightly creepy massage circle that is this week's stories, let's have a look at the front cover of the magazine. The front cover this week is Philanthropistienne uh, Mackenzie Scott still giving away $3 billion a year and shedding husbands at an increasing rate of mm-hmm. knots. And uh, the satirical cartoon this week is two comedians reading a paper about the Russia-Ukraine conflict, uh, saying, hey, did you know that Vladimir Zelensky was a comedian before he was a president? Which gives me hope that one day uh, Vladimir Putin will try to assassinate me. (laughs) That's how you know that you've made it as a comedian. It's just a Russian guy in the cafe subtly trying to psych you into choosing a slice of poisoned cheesecake. 
treat yourself. You've had a hard week. It used to be Johnny Carson <laughs> calling you over to the couch. Now it's, uh, you know, Russian <laughs> operatives putting a bag over your head. <laughs> Now it's time for our top story, Optimus Grimes news. Uh, Elon Musk has launched a friendly robot, which he says will not uh, uh, overwhelm humans or uh, attack them in any way. Uh, Josh Gondelman, you've been a tech billionaire in the past. Can you unpack this story for us? That's right. Yeah. Elon Musk says these robots are going to be a bigger part of his business than uh, electric cars. And he wants to make humanoid robots, which... Why do they have to look like people? That's just rubbing it in when when they take over, right? Where it's just like, oh, they can wear our pants and stuff when they take over the world. But he's said a friendly robot that's not dangerous. And I don't like that. The idea of a friendly robot to me is almost as unnerving as the idea of a hostile robot. Because you can hurt a friend's feelings. I want a robot <laughs> with the personality of a Scandinavian grandparent, just no emotion, instead of turning against the humans in an all-out war. At worst, they're going to passively, aggressively do our bidding super slowly, and that I can handle. <laughs> so these these robots are supposed to, they're are initially, they're supposed to do like monotonous but possibly dangerous jobs and then become more sophisticated that they can be friends or even sexual partners for humans. And that's like a real testament to Elon Musk's worldview that he's designing robots that he can sexually harass, uh, that you can have an inappropriate workplace relationship with. Well, I mean, the robot will sleep with you for an NFT. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is the scariest part to me. They showed the robot, right? This kind of clunky prototype and like four people brought it out and then they made it dance. And it was not an especially fluid dance. It was like, you know, it was a little herky-jerky, a little wooden, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, that's how I dance. The technology (laughs) is too good too fast. Oh, yeah, you're not doing the robot. The robot's doing the Josh. The robot's doing the Josh. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm replaceable. I'd never felt that way before. The prototype of the robot came out on stage and Mm -hmm. waved to the audience, did a little dance, but most of the footage of the robot was video footage of the robot carrying a box watering plants, moving metal bars, in the uh, factory, a Tesla factory. And it just, I feel like that is a good move. It's like when uh, he got the employee to throw a steel ball at the window of the Tesla truck to prove that disgruntled employees could damage your car. uh, (laughs) And it worked. Yes. It's a tricky thing, the robot thing, because of course uh, these robots will be used to replace human employees and then there'll be more people on TikTok. (laughs) I'm not sure how I feel about that. That's a problem. And then there's going to be robot influencers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Heartbreakingly. <laughs> Eleanor, have you, how do you feel about this story? I think everyone is is giving Elon a lot more credit than he deserves. Uh, first of all, can I just say, I, I, me think the billionaire doth protest too much because he keeps mentioning mm. that they're not going to hurt us. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't thinking about that until you said that. It's like if you go to someone's for dinner and they're like, there's no shit in the food. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't think there was, but now I'm worried. Like, but I actually think I'm not very worried about uh, these robots, even though that's a scary thing for him to say. Because I think Elon is all talk no trouser. He is a man whose entire personality is is all about the optics and not none about the technology. All he want he wants to live in the future, and he he doesn't get that we're not there yet. So he's be he's made this robot, which actually. First of all, I like that it, it walked like I used to walk when I was sneaking to get a biscuit uh, <laughs> out of the tin as a 10-year-old. Um, 
the, the robot actually, you know, most scientists were saying, well, it's actually not that good at most of the things we need it to be good at. So, yeah, maybe one day we can get it to do all this stuff. But I, I don't think it's going to replace anyone soon unless, like, you could actually replace TikTokers because I think the only thing it can do is dance. So mm. <laughs> picking stuff up, a lot of other very basic things that humans find super easy, actually robots apparently find really hard. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not as impressed as Elon wants me to be, I think. He keeps saying, I'll do this and I'll do this and then over-promising yeah. and then... It never turns up and I'm kind of like, I feel like you think you're Iron Man, but um, with none of the technology of Iron Man, because that is a film. He was an inspiring guy and he, part of what he's, he's inspiring is that he, he's read a lot of science fiction and he would like to be the people in the science fiction. I'm just not sure he knows who the goodies yeah. are in the science fiction. Uh, he's quite excited about things that maybe to you and I might read as a dystopian future. Uh -huh. He sort of because he can envision himself as being the one in the in the nice glass palace um, ruling the robots. <laughs> right, right, right. That's who you relate to. He never reads the end of the book where the everyone uprises and, and, and gets rid of the guy in the in the glass palace. Oh no, if it's dystopian enough, it still ends badly. Mm. That's true. You know, stay in charge. So maybe he's reading <laughs> the super dystopian stuff and being like, hmm, refreshing. I just feel like when they always promise that, that robots will become a sexual partner, I feel like this is, and I, I don't cry this lightly. I'm not a big like, oh, this is this is the patriarchy. It is, this is the patriarchy because when they promise that a robot will be a sex partner, they are talking about a, a, a heterosexual female sex partner to a male purchaser. They are not talking about a robot that can finger you comfortingly. <laughs> can you imagine anything more terrifying as a woman than letting a machine near any of that? That is a horrible idea. Well, uh, I mean... Wait a minute, there's a whole genre. <laughs> hey. I feel like, yeah, I feel like sex robot technology is actually further along than we'd like to admit in some arenas. <laughs> Eleanor, you said earlier that he overpromises, and that's so funny to me, right? Like, Alice, you brought up, he was like, here's an unbreakable car. And it's like, who asked for an unbreakable car? <laughs> <laughs> like, we all understand that cars break. He kind of reminds me of P.T. Barnum a bit. It's like, he's mm -hmm. like, here's a thing you never thought of and never wanted, but here it is, but it's not really there, but it's not real. But mm -hmm. have, here's some have, uh, money. And um, then I assume Hugh Jackman will eventually play him in a musical. So Ooh, I'd watch that. I would watch that too. Yeah, so how the boring company is trying to deliver sort of underground tunnels for self-driving cars and all these sort of promises. And you think, are you trying to invent a bus? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's not like his companies don't do anything right like i think he overinflates like his own innovativeness uh, but i but like you you <laughs> see when he walks on right he'll be like electric cars and we're like got it and he's like and they drive themselves and we're like do they and he's like and nothing can break them and you're like well that's not right and he's like and, and there's a new tunnel system through the center of the earth and you're like okay you just like dreamed that <laughs> i maintain that grimes left elon or you know they have parted ways sort of because when they met he told her because she's obsessed with sci-fi she loves june he told her i'm gonna build a colony on mars and for some reason grimes went he means next week and <laughs> it, it never and like it took her a couple of years and she was like i actually don't think he can do that yet and then mm -hmm. she's left I fully believe that's what she thought. It is important to have mad geniuses with visions of the future. It's just also important um, that they have ethical business standards. Mm, and that they... Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I mean, right. Like, you can... Look, 
you can have a mad scientist all day long, but yeah, let their lab workers, let the Igors of the world unionize. <laughs> yeah. Here's the rule, Elon. Elon, I, as, as, as somebody who's genuinely torn 50-50 between admiring and being horrified by Elon Musk, uh, I would say, Elon Musk, you're allowed to invent humanoid robots uh, and replace all of your workers in all of your factories with humanoid robots. Uh, but then if they do achieve sentience, you have to pay the minimum wage. That's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Once they pass the Turing test, you need to hit them with tax info. <laughs> your ad section now because you can't be what you can't buy and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by swings at the playground swings for when you want to be really gloriously conscious of the physics of motion the geometry of curves and the gravitational pull of the earth and then also need to fight a baby who refuses to stop appreciating the same things <laughs> and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by gravel if you're landscaping your ground and you want some ground to be right there but not the ground that's there in real life try <laughs> buying gravel gravel never forget to wear your shoes outdoors again <laughs> and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Second Person. The Second Person is a tricky person to write in, you think to yourself, beginning to write in The Second Person. <laughs> you find yourself confused, which in itself is confusing, because you're you. How hard is it to write as though you're you? But it is. How do you get to the point you're trying to make? Do you even remember? Oh yes, you think, pouring yourself half a glass of water. That was it. <laughs> you're a character in an ad for half a glass of water. That's why you exist. You drink the water... You cease to exist. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And now it's time for your edible QR codes news. Uh, this is the news that uh, they have now invented an edible QR code uh, that if you scan it and then eat it, it shows you a, a, a video of the chef thanking you for eating it. I mean, look, I'll thank someone for eating me. No, we're not going there. <laughs> Eleanor, can you unpack this story for us? Yeah, well, it was a, a restaurant in Wales was the focus of this, and they've sort of reopened as a very um, high-tech gastro cuisine phenomenon where all the food is looks incredible but you know in, it's all presented in cubes and balls and and it's a lot of showmanship and smoke and <laughs> and at the end of the meal you can while you eat your petit four you can scan a qr code and then you can eat it and you get to meet the chef who's made your meal which you could also do in a normal restaurant by asking to do that um <laughs> i i feel like this kind of ties into the elon story because i think for me it's another thing where we've What's the Jeff Goldblum quote? We never stop to think 
not if we should, but why? Like, do we need? We don't really need a robot. I think the Jeff Goldblum uh, quote is, "Holy, f- that's a dinosaur." <laughs> it's more like a holy, holy. Very, very good, Jeff Goldblum impersonator. It's like he's on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's just me, uh, Scotland's premium Whoa. female Jeff Goldblum impersonator. <laughs> Um, I think it looks impressive. I, for me, food isn't something I need to be high tech. I much prefer, it is, you know, it's a novelty. I can see that. But also I think it's very unnecessary. I think, you know, once you've had that very fancy meal, will you ever go back? Is it going to be your favorite restaurant or is it going to be, oh, that was an experience we had once. I'd much rather go somewhere, uh, normal where they just make food. (laughs) That sounds very like inverted snobbery of me, but, uh. I do think food is one of the th- few things that has really changed that much in history. And I, I think that's because it's quite good the way it is. <laughs> Josh? <laughs> Look, I think this is terrific. I, I First of all, <laughs> Eleanor, fully on board. I'll Because I'll eat whatever. Um, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll eat like a hamburger bun with another hamburger bun on it. No hamburger. I don't care. I'm a slob. But... <laughs> I do love this. First of all, for too long, we've been giving our compliments to the chef, right? But it's time that the chef compliments us back. So I do think that it's nice that the chef will thank us for dinner, for eating their food that they've prepared. I also, it's not my favorite thing to eat, but I am so curious. and, And I'm always like, I'm the kind of asshole that this place appeals to. Like, I'm always interested if you put a plate in front of me and it's the skin of a blueberry with a raspberry stuffed inside it somehow or like a cloud of vapor that they're like that's the ghost of beef tartare and you have to inhale it before it evaporates yeah i'll try that i'm exactly the kind of jerk that loves to eat an expensive meal full of tiny little ornaments that leaves you hungry enough that you have to order a pizza that will meet you when you get home <laughs> that's like where i'm at i once went with my most blokey friend to like a raw vegan degustation mm-hmm. and about halfway through he went it's all just dips in different shapes <laughs> So I want to get to First of all, I think it's so funny that like a vegan restaurant is like hypothetically accessible in terms of food preferences to the most people, right? Like everyone who eats meat also eats not meat. But in reality, they're like, not for me. It is actually for the least number of people. (laughs) I heard the worst vegan pickup line uh, the other day. It was American tourists in Venice. And one of them turned uh, to the other one and said, yeah, he said he gets his B. He's a vegan, and he said he gets his B twelve from eating pussy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's so funny. God, what that? I like this guy that's just like the the agro vegan. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I eat some meat. You know what I'm saying, babe? <laughs> it's like, vegan. They make you now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Eddie Murphy's raw vegan. (laughs) But I do love that they have a fancy vegetarian menu at this restaurant, Gem 42, that aspires to zero waste. I think that's like a really cool, like normalizing kind of like exceptional high-end delicious vegetarian food I think is really neat. And zero waste I think is something to aspire to, right? We all make too much food waste and, and trash waste, but zero seems like too much, like the food just stays inside <laughs> me till I die. Like I think there should be some waste eventually, but that's you know maybe I'm old school like that. I think it's zero waste because the food is only 
tiny and it's impossible for any of it to be wasted if you're going to try and not right, no leftovers yeah zero leftovers i once went to a restaurant in germany in berlin i think they, i think it's a chain actually but i went to the one in berlin it's called dunkel dunkel restaurant which means dark restaurant and it's you get served entirely in the dark and uh you don't know what you're ordering you kind of you you know they tell you if it's vegetarian or not but that's it really you just choose the things off the menu like they kind of give you a story about it but you don't know what it is and then you're served by uh visually impaired waiters so they don't they're not worried about the they're not worried about the dark they can navigate that and um it was just mad how much difference not seeing the food made to the taste like it was it just made it like 200% more interesting as a experience so um i totally get the uh the need to fancy zhuzh things up but you could just uh close your eyes and your spaghetti hoops can become a, a journey all of their own a totally dark restaurant in germany does feel like they would be like in that last course your own parents <laughs> <laughs> You just ate the flesh of your loved ones. A sense of dread building around <laughs> you as you eat your dessert. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Very Titus Andronicus. That's all the time that we have for our uh, degustation news because now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors review something out of five stars. Uh, Josh, what have you brought in for us this week? I'm going to review fantasy basketball. My fantasy basketball league that I'm in every year is starting back up. And as a man from New England, watching sports is already the only way I have access to the full spectrum of human emotion, which is a healthy trait <laughs> that definitely isn't necessary to interrogate further. Uh, fantasy basketball, however, provides me with too much feeling. There's the regret of forgetting to set my lineup uh, on a given day and losing out on points. There's the anguish of losing at a sport that I'm not even actually playing. And then the double anguish of players <laughs> that I root for in real life defeating my imaginary team. And that defeat feels extra personal. <laughs> the victories feel extra ephemeral. It's a source of vastly more misery than joy year after year. And I will, of course, throw the $50 entry fee into a fire to participate in my usual league every season until I die at the very slightest peer pressure because I can't say no to things and I hate feeling excluded. So I'm going to give this 1.5 out of 5 stars for fantasy basketball. 1.5 uh, out of 5 stars fantasy basketball. Eleanor, what have you brought in for us? Um, well, I just got back from a holiday in Sicily. It was very nice. And I have to say, uh, I loved the Italian security at the airport by which I mean the lack of security it was I'd say the quickest I've ever been through anything in my life um they barely <laughs> looked at anything I put in that on that conveyor belt and um it's all theater anyway so it's not as if mm -hmm. I was any less safe than going through uh, a two-hour queue in, in Heathrow I was through the other side they've got amazing pastries and like fresh like nice stuff not just a wh smith on the other <laughs> side you know they got nice fresh shit um so italian airports i'm gonna give five out of five wow. uh, five out of five for italian that's a that's a real spectrum of reviews very few jokes in that i just loved it i would go on vacation to that airport <laughs> yeah it was great it was great they were laid back they were and you know um not, not Josh, not to not to demean your country, but you guys have the scariest airport They're security. They're horrendous. I hate it. Terrifying. You know, they always ask like, "Why are you here?" and "How much terrorism are you planning to commit?" Yeah. And um, Italians very much the opposite. Uh, in fact, the woman who, who I went through passport control to get into the country, she um, 
she 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 looked at me quite scarily and I was like, oh, is she going to ask me a question? And then she stamped my thing and she went, you have beautiful hair. Um, <laughs> and I don't think you'd get that in America. No, never. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't get that anywhere I go. <laughs> um, but I like that. I like to think that you're saying security theater. I like to think that Italian security theater is more of a commedia dell'arte. <laughs> <laughs> Environment news now. A family has been investigated after ruining everything in, as as we all know, a gender reveal party has gone wrong. Uh, they turned a waterfall blue in, in an attempt to tell people what the shape of their child's genitalia was and ended up destroying the universe. Uh, Eleanor, you're wearing a, a very lovely lilac. Can you unpack this story for us? Thank you. I've, I've got, I'm in my pastels today. Um, so I believe it was in South America. Is that right? In Brazil. Brazil and uh, it was a I think a, a natural beauty spot a lovely waterfall and they decided they would dye it blue which is funny because waterfalls are blue um, <laughs> and, uh, and would you know sticking a load of dye in a waterfall is not good for it or the environment um, and everyone was pretty upset with them and you know I think every year like the gender reveal stories there was a wildfire one in California where they accidentally set a whole bit of forest on fire uh, every year the stories about gender reveals get a little bit stupider and a little bit more apocalyptic and um you know i do wonder what's what's coming next is it going to be a nuclear bomb that's pink when it explodes or some <laughs> kind of tsunami i think the thing i find strange about all gender reveal parties is the fact that the parents of this baby expect me to have any reaction at all to their child's genitals you know i'm gonna i'm gonna pretend to be delighted either way it's going to be the same reaction like what do they want do they want me to um you know they they reveal that it's a boy and i go oh that's a shame i really really want it to be a girl you know it's it's what what's the end goal here we're all just pretending to care when my when my mum presented my grandmother my paternal grandmother with uh, twins uh, she said uh, the boy is worth 12 of the girl so that that was the exchange rate uh, <laughs> for, the, for the genders when I was born, uh, according to my Hungarian grandmother. So wow. uh, I don't think my mum ever forgave her for it. Also, she didn't mean it. She just said it because that's kind of the crazy thing that people said in the 1914s when she was being brought up. At least you knew you were the least likely to be sold off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing, like, gender reveal parties would have made way more sense, like, 200 years ago than they do now. Uh, because then, you know, if it's a girl, you're like, oh, shit. Um, and if it's a boy, you're like, yes. Uh, and now it's, we're, you know, we're all meant to have the same reaction either way. So why didn't we have them then? I did have a strong reaction to this story, which was intense relief. Because I truly, I this is my own point of view, but I had not... I had, until I saw that this happened in Brazil, I had thought that destroying the environment for gender reveal parties was a uniquely American phenomenon. And I was like, oh, thank God, they do it other places too. South America and North America. Yeah, all the Americas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't take any ownership for what happens in Brazil. Or, I mean, even outside of Brooklyn, really. That's, that's all. But you take responsibility for everything that happens inside Brooklyn. That's true. All of it. <laughs> everything. You're the man. Machine politics, hip hop. Um, but these, the parties are always so tacky, right? It's like, let's take a marvel of nature and turn it into the color of a freshly clean 
toilet water because we saw a tiny dick on an ultrasound. <laughs> and I guess in this case, though, I am glad that it was a boy, which I normally don't care about strangers, babies, gender at all, because a waterfall like running deep pink sounds less like a gender reveal party and more like one of the 10 <laughs> It is one of the rare times that a tiny penis is celebrated. <laughs> That's true. They're just like, we're going to let's let's have a party. We're going to invite friends over to talk about it, <laughs> which is kind of sex in the city. <laughs> That's all the time we have for Dick Talk news, because now it's time for our billionaire private gladiatorial contest news. This is the news that uh, Mark Zuckerberg had what was essentially a private UFC event. Uh, he and a few Facebook friends uh, booked out an entire <laughs> the entire stadium of UFC Vegas. Didn't invite any media and just had men punching each other in a ring in front of him. And somehow that seems you would think that it would be less grotesque, but somehow more grotesque. Vastly more. Uh, the fewer people are watching. Yes, at zero right zero people watching. It's just a fist fight. Yeah, that's the state of nature, I feel. I feel we can, we can all accept people kicking each other in the head if no one's watching. Yeah, that just is, you know, maybe it's over a parking spot. I'm from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are things that happen. But I don't like this at all. Just like a private spectacle. It feels very just before the fall of an empire to me. <laughs> like, I don't love the metaverse that Mark Zuckerberg is trying to create. I'm definitely against him having a private murderverse. I don't think he should have that. <laughs> I guess he's recently, this is what I read, that he's recently a big Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA fan, which I don't like at all, because I don't like when these tech moguls get physically strong like if you're gonna control all the money and information we should at least have a uh, like a real shot at beating the shit out of you if we have to take <laughs> you in hand-to-hand combat i really believe that sincerely uh like i'm not trying to beat up mark zuckerberg but if he runs at me i don't want to be like uh-oh <laughs> i want to be like now's the time <laughs> Like, we can't let this guy develop a taste for blood. Now it's private UFC fights. Soon he'll be setting countries up to have nuclear war against each other for his entertainment. I do think this is the one way I feel like this this would make sense. If he really wants to get into MMA and take these lessons, I think he should have to fight Elon Musk's humanoid robots. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a billionaire, you should be allowed a cage fight if you're in the cage. Yes. That's the rules. You're not allowed to watch any any sport of any kind unless you're doing it. That's the rules. I don't make the rules. I just make them up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually find it quite refreshing that, that he's doing this in a way. I think this is more honest. This is what I picture men with too much money this is what I assume they want to do. I think this is nicer in a way than building a robot army. Like, yeah, of course that's what men, stupid men with lots of money would do. Of course they would hire their own gladiators and fight it out like Roman emperors. Um, and, you know, I just think that's a bit more traditional, a bit more <laughs> classy in a way. It's like, yeah, I know I know f at least five men who would do that if they had a billion pounds. <laughs> it's honest, you know, it's honest. And uh, it, 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 it kind of confirms that that is what the goal of billionaires is just to be as do what they want in the most sort of toxic masculinity way possible. Um, and they're not, he's not trying to hide it. He's just saying, this is what I'm into, you know, a sort of fight club with, with glitter. I like that. 
I mean, Dana White, who is uh, the UFC guy, uh, took a picture with Mark Zuckerberg saying what a privilege it was to have him watch men punch each other in a ring. Um, <laughs> and my favourite take on it was the internet take of the Manosphere, who spent their entire time comparing how big Dana White's head is compared to how small Ooh. Mark Zuckerberg's head is. It's just, just bring it back to phrenology, boys. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know you're a real man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's all about lobes. <laughs> Crania. There's a real pattern of uh, uh, billionaires, dictators, that, that kind of energy, being absolutely obsessed with, with fighting in their bodies, but not actually being any good at it. And I think they probably wouldn't be billionaires. If they were, they would just be fit men. Right. They'd have, you know, a hundred grand in abs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for this week's episode of the podcast. Now we're at the end of the magazine, flipping through the ads at the back. Have you got anything to plug, Josh? I do. My stand-up special, People Pleaser, is still available. I believe it's for rent on Vimeo Worldwide. If you're in the U.S., it's free for Prime subscribers. Uh, Speaking of swole billionaires. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm on tour all over the U.S. and a little bit of Canada. This weekend, I'm in Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Next weekend, I'm out in Western Mass. Uh, JoshGondelman.com for details i'm out i'm going all over the country west coast east coast so like please come out and see me if you enjoy if you enjoy me on this podcast and eleanor have you got anything to plug i am eleanor morton on all of the socials and that's where i post silly videos i am also doing the weirdos halloween show in london at the end of the month uh, it's going to be a very silly spooky show where um, our head honcho Adam Lata has put far too much time and effort into giving each individual audience member an envelope full of information for them. You know, if you buy a ticket, you'll get an envelope. It'll have a whole character arc for you. He spent so much time and money on this. It's a lot of fun. It's very silly. That's at the Museum of Comedy uh, the last weekend of October. The Museum of Comedy, that's where I filmed my special Kronos, which will be out soon and hey. will be available first on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. It's a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts and blogs. You can find me there or at Alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E on Twitter and Instagram. This is an Alice Fraser and Bugle podcast production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com